Hey guys, welcome to episode 22 of the Brainiac Trivia Top 10 and 10. I'm John Boyce, the primary writer, owner, and host for the Brainiac Trivia League in Middle Tennessee. This episode will be a first. In case you don't know, every three months, the best teams in the league will compete in the Brainiac Bowl for a chance at a league championship. We have a big trophy that has all the names of the winning teams on it, so it's major bragging rights. It is also really hard to do. In this episode, I will give you my favorite top 10 questions from Brainiac Bowl 22. I swear I did not plan for episode 22 to be Brainiac Bowl 22 top 10. That's just how it happened. So, if you've never played in a bowl, this is going to give you a chance to see how you might do. If you did play in Brainiac Bowl 22, let's see how you do the second time around. Keep in mind, guys, these questions will be more difficult, and admittedly, there's a lot of entertainment-based questions here in the top 10. So, in Brainiac Bowl 22, I asked 26 questions, and what follows is my favorite top 10. Number 10. Music will start us off. What famous singer-songwriter's hit 1972 song, Mother and Child Reunion, was inspired after they saw the title on a menu at a Chinese restaurant? What famous singer-songwriter named his hit 1972 Mother and Child Reunion after he saw it on a Chinese restaurant menu? Paul Simon is the right answer, so he named his 1972 hit song Mother and Child Reunion after something he saw on a Chinese menu. Number nine. Number nine, entertainment. This fictional, artificial, neural, network-based, conscious group mind and artificial general superintelligence system known as Skynet is featured in what long-running movie series? <laughs> you got it? The fictional, artificial, neural, network-based, conscious group mind and artificial general superintelligence system known as Skynet is featured in what long-running movie series? All right, let's see if I can do this again. The fictional artificial neural network-based conscious group mind and artificial general superintelligence system known as Skynet is featured in what long-running movie series? Terminator, of course, is the answer. I don't think many people would miss that question, but it's just the fun of describing exactly what Skynet is. Number eight. Clues and clips for number eight. So two-parter, looking for a movie. Here's your clue. This thriller was released in the 2010s and was nominated for five Academy Awards winning Best Actress. Taking place in New York City, the film deals with the pressures of performing and how people handle it. The film's score was all based on a famous composer who died in the 1890s. Your clue one more time. This thriller was released in the 2010s and was nominated for five Academy Awards winning Best Actress. Taking place in New York City, the film deals with the pressures of performing and how people handle it. The film's score was all based on a famous composer who died in the 1890s. Big day's getting closer and closer, huh? Well, I can't wait. I think you're gonna be amazing. So, do you wanna talk about it? <laughs> Is that our day? Well, we're playing a little too rough for you. Come on, Nina, he's brilliant. Sure, but it's not like he's all warm and fuzzy. Well, you don't know it. Someone's hot for teacher. Oh, come on, it's okay, I don't blame you. Uh, I should go home. Oh, Nina, come on, I'm just playing around. From 2010's Black Swan, the right answer. I've never seen Black Swan. It looks really intense. Maybe I'll pop it in one day. Number seven. 
Okay, so same deal, but looking for a TV show. Your clue for 50. This 10-part miniseries aired in the 2020s and is based on a true story. Airing on one cable network and one streaming network simultaneously, it averaged over 6 million viewers an episode and went on to win an Emmy Award. The series featured around 90 interviews, including some archival interviews, as it told its story. This 10-part miniseries aired in the 2020s and is based on a true story. Airing on one cable network and one streaming network simultaneously, it averaged over 6 million viewers an episode and went on to win an Emmy. The series featured around 90 interviews, including some archival interviews, as it told its story. That, of course, being from The Last Dance, all about Michael Jordan's last season with the Chicago Bulls. Number six. As we move on to number six, we'll keep the same theme. As a matter of fact, we're going to stay in the NBA. So sports at number six. Who was the first NBA MVP to be born after the three-point line was used in the NBA? Who was the first NBA MVP to be born after the three-point line was first used in the NBA? So the three-point line was first used in the NBA in 1979. LeBron James was born in 1984. He then won it in the 08-09 season. A lot of people think Kobe Bryant on that, which is a really good guess, but Kobe was actually born the year before the three-point line was first used in the NBA. Number five. Health and Medical, June 17, 1873 in Nashville, was nicknamed Black Friday after 72 people died that day from what disease that had contaminated the city's water source? So June 17th, 1873 in Nashville has been nicknamed Black Friday after 72 people died that day from what disease that had contaminated the city's water source. So outside of Nashville, I don't know if you'd find this interesting, but cholera, the right answer, Cholera is not really interesting per se, but I'd never heard that before, and I've pretty much lived right outside of Nashville my whole life. Number four. Into the top four, and we'll have a Factor Crap. This might be the first time in any episode that a Factor Crap has been in the top four, but this one is just fantastic. During World War I, the British tried to train seagulls to poop on submarine periscopes. During World War I, the British tried to train seagulls to poop on submarine periscopes. Fact or crap? Yep, during World War I, the British tried to train seagulls to poop on submarine periscopes. It never really worked. It never really went into action, but they gave it a shot. Actually put people in charge of it and tried to make it work. But uh, that, I don't think, is a very tough question. I think most people would go with fact regardless, just because they kind of want it to be. But now you know, and that's awesome. Number three. Number three, multiple choice. During the 18th century, zoos in which city would let you in for free if you brought a cat or dog to feed to the lions? Moscow, London, or Berlin. During the 18th century, zoos in which city would let you in for free if you brought a cat or a dog to feed the lions? Moscow, London, or Berlin. 
During the 18th century in London, if you brought in a cat or a dog and fed it to the lions, you could get in for free. I want to know, and I could not find this information, do they just take the animal and then just feed it later on? Or do you like just toss it over the cage and watch it get devoured right in front of you? I couldn't find that information. Number two. Number two. We'll go to history for this one. I found this one very fascinating. In 1922, William Lyons and William Walmsley created the Swallow Sidecar Company and ultimately SS branded automobiles. In 1934, they renamed and rebranded to avoid association of the initials SS with Nazi Germany. What do we know this luxury car brand as today? In 1922, William Lyons and William Walmsley created the Swallow Sidecar Company and ultimately SS-branded automobiles. In 1934, they renamed and rebranded, avoiding the initials SS with Nazi Germany. Oh, those Nazis. What do we know this luxury car brand as today? So it worked out for William and William. Jaguar, one of the most iconic cars in the world, had a completely different name and, you know, the whole Nazi thing happened and ruined the letters SS next to each other forever. Number one. Number one. My favorite question of Brainiac Bowl 22, and it's also the final question of Brainiac Bowl 22. And we're going to stay with the Nazi Germany theme. Entertainment. Told you there'd be a lot of entertainment. Only 12 men have ever won an Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony Award. They are referred to as EGOT winners. Of those 12, what famous director fought in the Battle of the Bulge, the last major battle of the Western Front during World War II? Only 12 men have ever won an Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony Award. They are referred to as EGOT winners. Of those 12, what famous director fought in the Battle of the Bulge, the last major battle of the Western Front during World War II? So I knew this man was in World War II, but a lot of people were in World War II that were in Hollywood and sports and things like that. I would have never gotten this correct. Mel Brooks, the right answer. So it was reported that when the Germans played propaganda records over the loudspeakers, Brooks responded by setting up his own sound system and played Al Jolson, a Jewish musician. Later on after the war, he got another dig in at the Nazis when he directed The Producers, a comedy focused on the worst Broadway musical of all time called Springtime for Hitler. If you're unfamiliar with Mr. Brooks, he did Blazing Saddles, Young Frankenstein, Spaceballs, Robin Hood Men in Tights, and many more. So since this episode was all about Brainiac Bowl 22, I thought it would be neat to give the top five from Brainiac Bowl 22. Fifth place was the Princess Posse and their Royal Escorts. Fourth place was Black Dog. Third place was the Periodic Table Dancers. Second place, Blood, Sweat, and Beers. And first place scoring 755 points in the game and picking up their fourth league championship that's more than anybody else wish you were beer so guys with so much extra in this episode uh, there was just no way i was going to be able to keep it within 10 minutes i apologize for going over but i thought it would be cool to do a brainiac bowl 22 top 10 i may go back i still have a lot of the other brainiac bowl games i may go back and do top 10s of those games thought it might be neat for people that played in those and maybe even the teams that won those to rehear those questions uh but as always, thanks for listening, guys. Hope you're enjoying the podcast. I'm John Boyce, and this has been the Brainiac Trivia Top 10 in 10.